0: Hey, good morning, it's Patricia Murphy. It's Tuesday. This is Seattle Now. Thanksgiving is just a few days away. A time for family and feasting, but also a great time of year to consider giving to your local food bank. Today, we're sharing a conversation with two local food bank leaders about the most impactful ways to give. But first, let's get you caught up. The Seattle City Council is expected to take a final vote today to adopt next year's budget. Mayor Bruce Harrell sent the council a proposed budget two months ago. Included in the nearly $8 billion is money to build more affordable housing, funding for mental health counselors in Seattle public schools, and a controversial gunshot detection program. It's the fourth and final city budget season for Chair Teresa Mosqueda before she departs to take a seat on the King County Council. Sam Altman, welcome to Seattle. The rising tech star was hired by Microsoft within 48 hours of being ousted from OpenAI, the company he founded. The news that Altman is joining the Redmond based tech giant sent Microsoft stock skyrocketing to an all time high yesterday. The company says he'll lead an advanced research lab. Hundreds of OpenAI employees threatened to abandon the company and join Altman's new project if OpenAI's board of directors remained in place. It's not clear yet if Altman will relocate to the Evergreen State from California as part of the new role. And by now, you've probably heard the state's ferry system is, well, kind of stretched. It's down personnel and boats. So if your Thanksgiving plans include a ferry ride, WashDOT would like you to keep in mind, there will be 300,000 of you hopping on and off state ferries this week. So be prepared to be patient. One way to keep up with the schedule changes and wait time information is to download the WashDOT mobile app. While many of us are stocking up on turkey and potatoes for Thanksgiving dinner, one in 11 people in our state are struggling to put food on the table. It's one reason that donations to food banks spike this time of year. But not every well-intentioned can of soup is having the maximum impact. As was made clear in a viral conversation on X, formerly known as Twitter, a few weeks ago, one user pointed out that a box of Kraft mac and cheese isn't much good if you don't have the butter or milk to go along with it. Cans without a can opener can be problematic, and a truly special Christmas gift to a neighbor in need could come in the form of spices to make donated food taste its best. Our colleagues at Soundside, KUOW's midday show, wanted to know more about how to best help our community members in need of a good meal this time of year. Host Libby Dankman called up two local food bank leaders to find out. Eric Williams is the Community Partnerships Director for Second Harvest Inland Northwest. And Nicole King is the Director of Innovative Programs for Northwest Harvest. We're sharing their conversation today. Here's Libby.
1: So you both saw that tweet. I'm curious how it landed with you. Um, Eric, let's start with you.
2: Yeah, you bet. I mean, any food that is donated is fantastic. And sure, people have preferences and people have challenges, may or may not have a can opener. Uh, So we try to provide as much variety as we possibly can. Uh, But 90% 90 of the food that we distribute is donated. So we kind of wrestle with, okay, what? What did we receive? And we're very grateful for the donated food. Uh, and then what can we do to augment that or make it more practical for folks?
1: What about the idea that the craft mac and cheese isn't helpful because they need dairy products in order to you know, actually make that mac and cheese? Eric, does that land with you?
2: Uh, maybe a little bit. Also, to the degree, and I know Nicole's uh, organization does something similar, to the degree we let people choose what they're getting, So there may be mac and cheese in there and they may not choose to, quote unquote, shop for that. So, again, getting mac and cheese is way better than getting nothing. And sure, there may be other things that are easier or more accessible for some folks.
1: Nicole, what was your reaction to that list, sort of the pitfalls that this social media user found when talking with people who get food from food banks?
3: Uh, I have to say I agree with Eric in a lot of ways, like every donation is valuable, regardless of what it is. And having that variety is really important um, because we are serving a lot of different communities across the state. And so some programs will see uh, lots of donations of Kraft Mac and Cheese, other programs might see lots of donations of peanut butter. Uh, And so that's why it's so important to really link with local programs, because we're all seeing different types of donations. Uh, But Mm. every every donation counts. Every donation is something that someone can opt to choose when they're visiting a food pantry or they might opt for an alternative.
1: Did you resonate that that idea that the spices, salt, maybe dried herbs are in short supply? Does that resonate with you, Nicole?
3: Absolutely. Spices are so important to making meals that are delicious, that are speak to our cultural values, and spices are hard to come by and they're expensive. Um, Seeing those in donations is great. And I think depending on the program that is receiving that donation, uh, it might determine which types of spices to donate.
1: Spices are wildly expensive. I, I know everything, all groceries are going up, but my goodness, dried herbs and spices right now are quite high. We are a week away from the biggest food holiday of the year. Eric, first, I'll start with you. What's the lead up to Thanksgiving looking like for your organization? How do you prepare?
2: There's two things. I mean, certainly there's more attention and probably more anxiety through the holidays. So we try to help folks uh, navigate that. Yes, we have increased attention. Yes, we have some extra events at this time of year. But at the end of the day, our job is to get food You know, 12 months, 365 days of the year. So there's some emphasis, but again, I, I was talking to a friend the other day about, I don't know if you're aware of the fires that hit, for example, the town of Medical Lake. Mm-hmm. And so, so we and a lot of others responded to that. And a friend reminded me, you know, when we're out shoveling snow in a couple of months, there's still going to be a hundred families who don't have homes yeah. because they burned. So you just try to, no, no question. There's additional emphasis on the, on the holidays, but again, people need food around, around the year
3: yeah the hunger is year round and some communities will see different spikes in food insecurity at different times of the year prepping for thanksgiving holiday and this, this giving season um you know there is a lot of preparation that comes in advance looking at trends from previous years looking at our communications with our different partner programs to see what trends they're seeing about what folks are requesting so there is a lot of gearing up to this time but we're we're in that high-level gear throughout the year and really looking at different trends of what kinds of donations we're requesting, what's coming in throughout the year. Like in summertime, when kids are out of school, we see some changes in what the trends look like then.
1: Eric, what are people that are customers of your food bank looking for right now? I mean, if if I'm going to my pantry, opening it up or adding a few extra things to my grocery cart... What are the highest needs and ways that I can be most effective with my donation right now?
2: You bet, so we're a food bank for food banks. So most of our interaction are actually, we procure large amounts of food. Uh, We're gonna be close to 35 million pounds this year, that's 18 semi loads or so a week. So our job is to procure large amounts of food whether purchased or mostly donated, and then push it through the system to your local food pantry, your local food bank. So we look at, I guess, food, friends, and funds. So food, obviously, funds is money. Money is always a a certainly well-appreciated donation. And also friends. I know Northwest Harvest and some others have been on, have a campaign going on, I think is great to encourage folks to volunteer at their local food bank, their local food pantry. That the volunteers are incredibly critical. We couldn't do what we do without doing that, whether that's, we buy, for example, uh, beans or rice and other things in large quantities, and then they come help us repack it. Uh, just as an example, I've been here not quite four years, and I had probably worked here for about four months before I realized that there were these three people who didn't work here full time. They're volunteers. They're just always here working. So they're a really critical component of us being able to get healthy, nutritious food to people.
1: Hmm. Nicole, is there anything that's standing out to you right now about the highest need in your food bank network? Or when it comes right down to it, is it maybe preferable that folks give money so that you can adapt as you see those needs coming up?
3: Yeah, every everyone has a different capacity for giving. And really, every every gift, whether it's funds, whether it's food, whether it's time, is so important and so valuable. When it comes to donations of funds, you know we can use that similar to what Eric was describing that we can make those larger purchases to be able to, to distribute those out to partner programs. Or we can buy specialty items like the butter and the milk to go with the craft mac and cheese. It really provides that flexibility to be more responsive to our communities when we can work with unrestricted funds in that way. And when it comes to volunteers, you know, if if anyone's interested in signing up, it's backtoaction.team and you fill out your information and get connected to a local organization. Volunteers make it possible for us to repack those large orders of beans or rice into smaller quantities. It also provides more time for folks that work in food pantries to be able to connect with their shoppers and visitors. It allows more time to build relationships and learn more about community needs. And so there's, there's so much impact from every angle of this. I don't think there's any one thing that we could really say, like, this is what we're looking for right now, other than real community engagement and support.
1: Is there anything else that you want to leave people with as we go into this holiday season about the work that Northwest Harvest is doing and about the need that people can help with?
3: I think we want to say thank you. Folks are so involved in community and we can only encourage that more and more. There is a lot of fun to be had. Uh, There's a lot of joy that happens. There's a lot of relationships that get built and finding connections with folks that we might not encounter otherwise. I think there is no wrong way to give. I think there's a lot of different things that we can learn about how to give and what that means. And I really just encourage folks to connect with those programs and and really talk to their neighbors.
1: Eric, anything else you want to add?
2: Oh, you bet. We're often asked, which is is a better donation, uh, food or money? And the answer is yes. And like Nicole said, thank you to everyone who donates time, funds, food, what is most in need. It's somewhat counterintuitive, but for the last couple of years, it's actually what we call shelf-stable dry goods. Proportionally, we're doing okay on, on produce. And again, that's thanks to so many donations uh, that come our way.
1: And that means what? Rice, lentils, things like that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Rice, lentils, mac and cheese may not be the favorite, but it, it will last a long time. And people can go to the Food Keeper app, which is the U.S. Department of Agriculture and, that, and it You can simply go on there. Even I can navigate the thing and it tells you how long you can keep food in your pantry. There's several hundred things listed. How long can you keep your food in the pantry before it, quote unquote, expires, which is largely a myth. That just helps. That just helps people stretch their food dollars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's so interesting to me, Eric, because I would have thought, yeah, that fresh food was more of a need. But you're saying that because there's more surplus and waste in that delivery system, you are seeing more donations of fresh food, but the shelf stable stuff is actually running low.
2: Uh, yeah, and again, we're we're always just like the Cole's organization. We're always happy to have more and more fresh produce, and we do everything we can to get get through that and back out to people as quickly as possible. But yeah, right now it's the shelf-stable food that is really difficult and expensive to get. I just saw a story come over this morning that the average American family of four, this time a year ago, their grocery bill was $325 and now it's $425. So that's putting additional strain on folks.
1: Yeah, we're all seeing that at the grocery store. And of course, when somebody is food insecure, it just hits so much harder Eric Williams is the Community Partnership Director for Second Harvest Inland Northwest, and Nicole King is the Director of Innovative Programs for Northwest Harvest. Thank you very much, both
0: of you, and happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Thank you, Libby. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Seattle Now. Today's episode was hosted by Libby Dankman and produced by Noel Gaska for SoundSide. You can hear that show at noon Monday through Friday on KUOW or catch up with it afterwards in any podcast app. The Seattle Now team is Caroline Chamberlain-Gomez, Claire McGrain, Jenny Cecil Moore, and Vaughn Jones. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow.